It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening, everybody. Hey, it's not the voice you're expecting because I am not indeed Chucky G. Chuck has taken the night off and we have a fantastic co-host riding shotgun tonight is Patrick Keller of the Big Seance Podcast. Patrick! Hi! It's it's an honor to sit here and warm up Chucky G's seat. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I love having different co-hosts on because it brings a new element to the show and it makes me think about different things and have conversations with our guests in different ways. So, Hmm. yeah. So thank you. Uh, You know, you kind of filled in at the last minute for us. Fortunately, I had laid the groundwork for it because I was on your podcast last week and when we were done talking on the air, I said, hey, would you ever be willing to (laughs) (laughs) co-host? I was like, yes, I would be excited to. I just had no clue it would be days later. No, neither did I. I guess I was prescient asking you, huh? <laughs> hey, I'm excited to be here. Cool. Well, we have a really good guest tonight. And here's the thing. I know from talking to you on your show that you like the um, shows like this. This is this is the kind of stuff that you're excited about, which is um, kind of the more metaphysical psychic aspect right oh yeah the psychic medium uh metaphysical stuff well just like you said you already said metaphysical and i i'm really obsessed with this whole channeling spirit communication psychic medium stuff so that we uh we tend to be kind of fans of that in my paranerd world very good well so our guest tonight is dick larson and he is uh, has just all sorts of stuff in his bio. We'll read a little of it to you before, right before he comes on the show. But he's going to be talking about, is it Maitreya? Is that we de- how we decided to say it, Maitreya? Cheryl, I think Maitreya? so, Maitreya. It is. It is. Chad okay. actually looked it up. It's Maitreya. All right. It's Maitreya. And Maitreya is um, a, a, an entity, I guess, a being that is going to come and lead to the transformation of the world. So we're going to be talking some pretty deep, heavy, spiritual stuff tonight, and I, for one, am jacked. What about you? It, it's, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I joked when I first talked to you guys tonight, but I kind of feel like I am needed to take a class before I jumped into this whole episode tonight because this is such a, it, like you said, kind of, kind of heavy, but... Man, if this doesn't give you plenty to talk about for a whole episode, then gosh. What will? What will? And I dig these kind of episodes. You know, I love all of the stuff we do, and I love all of the guests we have, but there are some that I get kind of super excited about, and they're the ones that are, are the really, you know, the the good woo-woo topics. I'm I'm down for a good woo-woo topic. And, and uh, Dick has such a huge um, background, like... He's got experience in all kinds of different areas. That's interesting, too. Yes. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners, because they're new to you, about the Big Seance Podcast and a little about yourself and also about your nomination. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. 
Uh, I am the host of the Big Seance podcast, and my website is bigseance.com. And I kind of got into the paranormal world late. You know, a lot of people uh, reference experiences they had growing up as a child and and different haunting experiences, and that wasn't me. Um, Really, it was less than a decade ago when... um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't admit this. This is really nerdy, but all of the the ghost hunting shows and things like that came out, and that hooked me. And my uh, immediate family was kind of also interested in that all of a sudden. And it was put together with like, oh, I never read before in my entire life. I hated reading, and all of a sudden, um, someone convinced me to read a few books, and that got me hooked and so then i started reading like one book a week for like a year and i started reading all these paranormal books and spiritual books and books by psychics and meeting mediums and that led to kind of having a a paranormal team for a while and then i started blogging and i kind of seems like every two years i kind of uh, sometimes i say i birth a new baby and uh, the last two years has been the podcast, and, and I'm loving it. But we like to talk to psychics and mediums and uh, try to find some authors and researchers and people like Karen Frazier. And um, so I'm I just, hear she's uh, great. <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> and uh, no, that was a super feel-good episode. But, you know, I, I'm one that likes to um, run toward... Uh, you know, paranormal um, experimenting, spirit communication. Um, I've done a lot of EVP research and stuff. Not so much recently, but in the past. And uh, I get jealous of those people that have had a lot of paranormal experiences, especially growing up, because uh, I'm always running toward them. But you're don't not have that a lot guy, huh? Do you have a few at least? Oh, I do. Uh, especially a few years ago when I was doing more. Um, you know, research. I was uh, I was inspired by several p- people, but you know, Sarah Estep's book on EVP and mm-hmm. did a two week EVP experiment. Once I kind of started blogging and documented all of that, and um, I have uh, probably the coolest stuff I have are probably three or four different um, evenings during all of that research where I had a visitor who I call my rapper who came and I had a lot of communication, like really obvious communication through knocking. And I want everybody to know that I'm super skeptic as well. Like I am, I'm openly skeptic, but little more on the skeptic side when it comes to stuff like this. So, uh, but I can, you know, I just felt, you know, like I was really having, communication so i have audio of that and that's on my site and i invited so my say, rapper when you say home. rapper you refer to knocking not knocking it wasn't tupac it wasn't tupac <laughs> although i'm sure that a lot of people you know when they find my site through search terms i'm sure that they get to my site about my rapper and are like oh man this wasn't it <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, this isn't a hip-hop site what's going on <laughs> But yeah, that was just some of the cooler things. I mean, in, in in some of our paranormal research that my team had, you know, we had some EVP and and stuff like that. But uh, and I there for a while, I was jamming out with spirit boxes and mm-hmm. uh, you know trying really hard. And I I know uh, some people won't like this, but 
I've um, used the Ouija board off and on for two years and have had zero activity at all with really? that. Really? So that's a fascinating fact about that. And, you know, some people talk about how horrible it is. And I'm like, really? Because I'm using it as a coaster right now, basically, it's, and nothing's it's happening. Not, it's not <laughs> any different than trying to establish communication in another way. That I, is my I've thoughts as well. Board. Yeah, it's, you know, if you're trying to talk to spirits, however you do it, why is a game going to be any different? I think we talked about that on your podcast, didn't we? Yeah. I, why, is it, why is a game going to be any different than a recorder it, you know what what did parker brothers put in there that allows you to summon demons it's it's what you bring to it i think and apparently i don't bring a lot to it <laughs> you keep trying you'll get there you'll get there i know you will so um and you are nominated for an award yeah, I was really, really excited and honored to be uh, nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Awards, which I think is the oldest, uh, longest um, kind of organized podcast awards. And now that I'm nominated, of course, you have to bug people for 15 days. You have to keep bugging people to vote because it's all listener, um, you know, chosen. And anyway, people can go to podcastawards.com if they want to vote. And I'm in the science and medicine category, which I know seems kind of weird, but I think paranormal people get that, science and medicine. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, it would, it's either that or spirituality. It's usually one of those, one of those two. And so, hey, guys, help a brother out. This is a paranormal person, a paranormal show uh, that is been nominated for an award go vote you can vote every day right right and i think it's up to june 12th june 13th something like that so depending on when the the podcast version of this airs that might uh that might you know be important to know well good luck it's an honor just being nominated right it is that's really truly say. that's what i've been saying people so yep yep well Good luck. Hope it goes well for you. And here's one of the things I think that's interesting about you. Um, you sent me a little video clip. You teach a, well, it's a it's a, a music and technology class, but part of that is podcasting. You teach kids to podcast. True. I, it's, um, I've been teaching music and vocal music and piano for uh, 14 years. And just this last year, I was um, fortunate enough to be a part of, there were three of us that got together in a, over a two-year time period, we developed um, this new music production and technology class, and it was really, really uh, cool. It was time-consuming, and it was difficult because, you know, it's from the ground up, and there isn't a lot to go from, um, although more, more and more There's programs. There's not a lot of established curriculum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're starting to kind of pop up, I think, around the country, but... Um, I was such a podcast nerd and my colleagues that I was working with, thankfully, they uh, were cool with me throwing in a big podcasting unit. And so, you know, like four times a year, three hours of the day for a couple of weeks, we get to be podcast nerds. And that's really super exciting. And it's been this is the first year that we we just finished the first year of kicking that class off. So talk about a journey like i've become more techie than i ever thought <laughs> i would be so it's fun oh, I stuff bet the kids i bet the kids love it and it's at junior high level yep it is yep sixth seventh and eighth grade 
Yeah, oh, middle school level then. Yep. Yeah, I bet, I bet they just love that class. I would have loved a class like that. You know, being a creative kid, anything I could do to be doing creative stuff would have just made me happy. It's been a success, and I hear when I hear kids talk about it in the hall, even when they don't think I'm listening, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, most of my day for, you know, the last 13, 14 years has been as a as a choir nerd. And, you know, choir nerds are a little bit different than some of these, you know, music production, Coolio, you know, digital. Uh, you oh, know, you're I, I get to hang out with the cool kids now. Yeah, well, it's a diff. I, I get more... Uh, I get more uh, of the, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a lot of the boys that I would never in a million years uh, see come into the choir room. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, this man, this is new cool class. So yeah. it's been, uh, it's been really, not that I don't have boys in choir, I do, but uh, it's been kind of cool. Very good. Well, and God bless you for teaching middle schoolers, man. You not really... everybody can do that. <laughs> really have to be the right kind of nerd is all I'm going to say. And I often call myself a 14-year survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a tough age, boy. That's my son wants to teach middle school band. And band kids are, again, they're like choir nerds. They're a different, they're a different type of kid. And But still, middle school is that's a tough age. <laughs> oh, I know those nerds well, too. I was yeah. one of those nerds also. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, so um, you were mentioning at the top of the show, or before the show, actually, um, you were talking about something with Ghostbusters? Oh, I maybe some of the listeners right now or people in the chat will know a little bit about this, too. But um, for, I guess, a little bit of backstory. Lately, you know, when people outside of the paranormal bubble, you know, will to come want to have something to talk to me about the new Ghostbusters movie comes into conversation. And I find it funny that I think people who aren't in this world, I sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do you think that's what I do? <laughs> do you think yeah. that's what it's like? And I think I was even um, interviewed uh, a few days ago and it, we were talking actually a lot about uh, the music production stuff. And a lot of the interview was about Ghostbusters. <laughs> I was like, dude, like I, that was an awesome movie, but like I've only seen it a couple times and it was cool, but that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, like I barely even, I don't think there's any connection with why never, I'm doing. I've never seen it. I've never yeah. seen the movie. Well, yeah. and to me, it's, it's a, it's a funny, goofy movie, you know? And so a lot of people have been asking me, well, what do you think about the new Ghostbusters and da 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 And first of all, I love the women in that movie, and I think it's going to be hilarious, and I'll watch it, I promise you. But um, all of a sudden yesterday, I had no idea, and I looked online, and apparently there's all this hubaloo, hub, hub, what was I trying to say? Hullabaloo about the trailers for the new Ghostbuster movie that hasn't come out yet. And I'm so I, I copied and pasted something on my screen here from Wikipedia, and it says um, commenting on the YouTube's trailers viewer response ratio of 12,000 thumbs up and 13,800 thumbs down on the morning of the release. Um, 
an ad week regarded it apparently as one of the most polarizing in recent memory as far as movie trailers. By May 2016, the trailer was the most disliked movie trailer on YouTube with 221,400 likes and 649,900 dislikes with Screen Crush suggesting that this was part of a concerted campaign to downvote it into oblivion. And I've seen the trailers and I think they're funny and I think it's cool. And I'm just like, man, why, why the haters? So I even heard a rumor that the second trailer, which has come out, they, I don't know if it's true, supposedly posted it on another YouTube account so that it would kind of be separated from all the negative thumbs down votes. So I'm just, I'm curious to know why people are hating on the new trailer trailers of Ghostbusters. Do you think it's because it's a female cast? Because I just looked it up. I didn't know that. I knew nothing about it. It First, I even heard they were remaking the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm way hipper than I thought. Come on, Karen. I know. I'm not a big pop culture person. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's an all-female cast. Very uh, comedy-driven which I think is okay. Very cool. And, and from what I've seen on the trailers, it's very, you know, it's in the same style as the original. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what is annoying people too, but um, I don't know. And I, I don't think it really is plays a big part in the paranormal niche. No uh, people's worlds, but uh, it has been in the news. So I figured I'd bring that up. No, it's interesting, though, because I, I wonder if it's just so, it, it, even though I've never seen it, I've seen snippets of it. Um, it. It's a pretty beloved movie, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'd say, yeah. So I wonder if it's just that it's a, a really beloved movie, and if you took any super beloved movie and flipped it on his ear and, you know, changed the sex of the cast and stuff, and I'm sure it's been done with other movies, but I'm not a big movie person, Um I, I just I wonder if that has something to do with it. I'm sure. I, and, you know, I would um, I think any movie that I probably loved growing up as a child, I probably, you know, roll my eyes a little bit, you know, at remakes and. Yes. And Cheryl, stuff like that. Yeah. Cheryl, you have news about the movie. I do. I think it's safe to t- talk about it now. Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, oh, is that is that the one they I remember? Yeah, that. yeah, you remember? You do remember hearing? No, about I do it. know that they were making it. That's yes, right. Yeah, yes, uh, because a while back, before you know, when they were pre-production, whatever you want to call it, they contacted us about getting some ish- back issues of Paranormal Underground magazine, which we also produce every month. Oh, cool! As a prop for the movie, but see, they also contacted several other paranormal magazines, and so. You may or may not see Paranormal Underground magazine in the new Ghostbusters movie. I am hoping That's that you do exciting. see it, but you may not see it. Shut up. <laughs> so you may That's see a little That's probably what people are counting in the trailer. Maybe that's it. It's yeah. the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that is my news. That's all I have for you. That's really exciting. I've forgotten all about that. And now, and I knew it was the Ghostbusters movie, right? Did you tell yeah. me it was the Ghostbusters I, movie? I did. You probably just forgot because it's been... What, it's been a long well, time. At least six months ago, maybe. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Uh, hopefully you will see Paranormal Underground Magazine, at least little pieces of it in the Ghostbusters movie. Probably they're going to have lots of them because if they're Ghostbusters, they probably have lots of 
paranormal literature. You know, we're as close as it comes to a scientific journey. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. <laughs> I no, that would be thrilled. I'm a huge fan of the original Ghostbusters. I'm going to go see this one. I think they're filming even another one with a different cast. I don't know. I think I heard that, but... You're I, not going to thumbs down it because it, it has no. women in it? I laughed at the trailer, the first trailer. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I don't. I don't I think. Love that kind of stuff. I think one of the comments that I read was that they didn't think it was funny enough. Um, but I also, I don't know. I don't know why people would be hating on it. Is the original uproariously funny? You know, the original one to me, I was I was younger, and it it did kind of some of it scared me. So I remember the scary parts, and that was cool. Um, you know, I I don't know that. I would have gotten a lot of the probably adult humor, but uh, I did just think that the style of it, the that old building with the uh, you know the uh, I don't know, whatever architecture you would call that, and the it's just it it was cool. I liked it. I just yeah, haven't seen it in a, a long time. I was a grown up when it came out. So. <laughs> it, it it had a lot of humor. I, I don't know if you'd say uproariously funny, but it was it was funny. And it was entertaining, and it was a little, you know, a little scary, a few scary parts in there. Was it as funny as Caddyshack? Yeah. Um, to me, okay. it was. I don't know. Maybe I should Depends. see it. You should see it. Maybe I should watch the new one first. And I have then... memories of the library ghost. Yeah, that was Cheryl, scary. Do you remember the library oh, ghost? Oh, yeah. That scared me growing oh, up. Yeah, that was a scary one. Yes. No idea what you're talking about. I do know that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was in the movie. That's about all I know. That I do true. have memories of that as well. Yeah. Well, yes. Now you've made me feel old because you say I was a kid and I was scared. Oh my God, I was a grown up. <laughs> what year was that, Cheryl? Do you have that I, right? I, in I don't. Front of you? But I think 1987. I I was going to say 1987. I'm looking it up see. right now, but I want to say 86, but I could be wrong. 84. Oh, 84. I was close. Okay. Yep. You were closer than me. Closer we both went you. over, though. We yeah, wouldn't have won the prices right. No. No. Because we went over. We would have got that. Ah. And I think probably a part of what helped that movie was the song. You know, the who you going to call. I forget yes. that. Yes. Forget the dude's name. I so wonder if they're I'm going to use that for this movie, too, or if they've reimagined it. You know, if somebody's going to cover that, they need to do like how Disturbed covered Sound of Silence. Totally, total departure, going oh, the, a totally yeah. different direction. It was uh, Ray Parker Jr., that's right. Mm. Hmm. I'm sure it'll be some hip-hopped out version of the song, if it is. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I think if you're going to cover a song, you should always go take it in a different direction. I don't think you either need to cover it exactly as it was or go total departure you can't do like some of the ones like um where they it's just a little bit different and so you can't really tell if it's the original or the same song <laughs> so. like they they probably shouldn't do it in a you know in the style of louis armstrong jazz <laughs> or something like that i see trees of green oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep that was really more of a Grover voice than a Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Grover, that's awesome. Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. <laughs> that's right. We you have somewhere you have a a, a a tape of me. That's what we need to pull out for our 300th highlight show. Oh, 
Cheryl is the yeah. the cookie monster me singing I ate my twin to she's like the wind the in my whole cookie monster song, voice. Karen, the whole song you did the whole song as cookie monster as cookie monster <laughs> I have to seconds. say, it sounds to me like you could do an awesome Fat Albert, too, the way that voice hey, was. Hey. <laughs> Probably so. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of voices, but I can do Cartman's mom from South Park. Oh, please do that. I know a naughty kitty who's going to be sleeping with mommy tonight. <laughs> Cartman, that's when Cartman said, Kitty's a dildo. <laughs> well, I know a naughty kitty who's going to be sleeping with mommy tonight. So oh, I could do Leanne Cartman and I could do like, uh, you know, the Sesame Street monster voices and Yoda, which is the same thing as Grover's. <laughs> <laughs> Such talent, right? Take it on the road, Karen. Oh, you think I should? Maybe next time I teach a class, like I could be teaching a Reiki class and I could just pop out some of those voices. Now, that wouldn't that be appropriate for the situation? would be very scary. That's what I'm saying. And they'd leave Reiki and go immediately to therapy. <laughs> well, you know, I it wouldn't be the first person who needed therapy after encountering me. I'm almost certain of it. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's go to break because I'm really excited to uh, get to our guest. What do you think? Word. Word. All right, so stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey, everyone. It's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you, too, can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com, or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry, Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting-edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next to Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change Yourself. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of hauntedshirtclub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. Hauntedshirtclub.com, right? Yep, that's it. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. 
Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Uh, Sitting in as co-host tonight is Patrick Keller, and our guest has joined us. So this week we are talking with Dick Larson, and we're talking about the emergence of the world teacher Maitreya, as well as UFOs and their spiritual connection to Maitreya's emergence in the world, which is really cool because I tend to believe that all of these spiritual phenomena are entirely connected, and I love it when we can connect the dots. So Dick is a counselor with a background in education, business, and communication, He has co-hosted a radio program and produced and hosted a series of public access television shows that air around the nation. He served in the Air Force, was a special education teacher with the Los Angeles School District, and worked as an international corporate business executive for over 20 years, Uh, a chemical dependency therapist, and now is at the University of Southern California teaching other adults how to do therapy. And... um, all sorts of other stuff that we're going to get into. And Dick is here to share with us information about Maitreya. Welcome, Dick. I am excited. Thank you, Karen and Patrick. Hi. It's it's great to be on your show. Yeah, and you and Patrick actually have the education in common because Patrick is a teacher. Oh, excellent. Yes. And uh, we, we've already established that I teach those middle school nerds, so <laughs> I'm already a little weird. I don't know how you do it. I think it's great. I, I taught elementary for three years and, and, and um, special ed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I ended up falling in love with autistic kids, so I ended up teaching autistic kids for a few years. Those Lovely. are the coolest kids. Well, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a stepson with Asperger's and a husband with Asperger's, so I'm right there with you. I, I, Welcome to the party. Yeah. That's right. That's okay, so um, let's start. Well, do you want to start with Maitreya? Is that where you'd like to start? Oh, sure. That's great. Um, okay. I, a couple of things I would like to let your listeners know um, before we get too far into this. The first sure. thing is I ask your listeners, please don't believe anything I say. And, and I mean that because that would be blind belief. And I can't recommend blind belief to anybody. So 
my job isn't to get you to think like I do or to believe what I'm saying, but rather I would ask as a favor if you would try to keep an open mind. Now that's challenging because we all have our own belief systems that we've developed. And um, so I'm going to ask your listeners, you listeners to just crack open the window a little bit. If 10 or 20 or 30% of what I have to say tonight um, could make some small contribution to your life and make some sense to you, I'd be very happy with that. The second thing I'd like to say, Karen, since you asked, is I'd like to reveal the source of my information because people always want to know that right away. The source of my information is something called the ageless wisdom. The ageless wisdom is an ancient, ancient philosophy. It, it is not a religion. It's a philosophy. It is so old. It's as old as humanity. Its basic truths are said to underlie all of the world's major religions. Now, the last two teachers of the ageless wisdom have been a woman named Alice A. Bailey, who wrote about 20 books in the 1930s and 40s. Um, they're kind of hard to read. Um, I don't necessarily recommend them to your listeners, but the most recent revealer of the latest information about the ageless wisdom is a man named Benjamin Krem, spelled C-R-E-M-E. He lives in London. He's been traveling the world for the last 40 years telling people about the world teacher and about a new meditation called transmission meditation and he gets he's gotten no pay for this whatsoever he does it strictly on a volunteer basis and um he has written about 15 books which are available on amazon.com i'm not here to sell books but just so your listeners know they can review his books on amazon and see if there's any that he's interested in I find them fascinating. He used to come, he's up in age now, so he doesn't come here anymore, but he used to come to the States. He would give a lecture in New York, a lecture in Los Angeles, and a lecture in San Francisco. And that's where I first saw him was about 25 years ago. I went to one of his LA lectures and I was fascinated. I didn't understand more than about a third of what he said, but I got his first book and I read that and it filled in. I grew up a Christian. I grew up Lutheran in Minnesota, and I used to teach adult Bible study and and all that kind of stuff. And there were questions I had that my religion just couldn't answer. And his books answered, the, the ageless wisdom answered some of those questions for me. And so I became very interested. And so now I'm doing the same thing that he used to do. I'm kind of on, on radio um, telling people about this information. It's very important. I think it's real. I think it's true, obviously, or I wouldn't be doing it. But I'm not going to ask your listeners to believe that. So the source of my information is Benjamin Krem. Okay, cool. So let's start with just a basic primer on Maitreya, because I am not sure that Maitreya is actually, I think that I may have had a, a Reiki master who talked about it, talked about Maitreya, but it's been a while, so I don't remember. So yeah. tell us tell us about Maitreya, um, who this is, how Maitreya presents, um, and what it means. Okay. Well, Maitreya means the happy one, the one who brings joy. And that's literally what it means. That's his name. He doesn't have, it's just one word, Maitreya. And um, he prefers to be called the teacher. Because that's really what he is. He doesn't come to start a religion. He says, if you're in a religion and it's working for you, great. If you're not, I come for you too. And to talk about Maitreya, we have to talk a little bit about the spiritual kingdom. Now, on planet Earth, which is, of course, our home, Mm 
there are several kingdoms, and each kingdom of life feeds the kingdom above it. The mineral kingdom feeds the plant kingdom. The plant kingdom feeds the animal kingdom. The animal kingdom feeds the human kingdom, and we owe our physical bodies to the animal kingdom. And then the human kingdom feeds the spiritual kingdom. And the spiritual kingdom is composed of people who have gone through human evolution ahead of us. Most of your listeners will be familiar with them. They're people like Confucius, Krishna, Buddha, um, the disciples, John, Peter, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jesus, of course, um, and so on. These great beings know, have learned all the lessons that planet Earth has to teach, and so now they've become permanent consciousness. They've become spiritual entities, if you want to call them that. Ascended, ascended masters? They are. They're okay. called the masters of the wisdom. And they're called masters. And many people call them ascended masters. That's exactly what they are. There are 63 ascended masters in connection with human evolution on planet Earth, according to the Ageless Wisdom. Well, those masters are in different levels of evolution, just like we humans are in different levels of evolution. That's what makes the world go around. We're not all the same. Some of us, some, some people are more advanced spiritually than others and in, in consciousness than others. Um, and that's pretty obvious when you look around the world. Well, the same is true in the spiritual kingdom. There are different levels of consciousness or awareness in the spiritual kingdom. And so each member of the spiritual kingdom is responsible for a certain part of the plan for planet Earth. And these great masters have been the inspiration of humanity behind the scenes for eons. Um, and they have a leader. And the leader of the spiritual kingdom is Maitreya. Now, just to go, just to bring it to where we are today, every 2,000 years, about, the world gets a great teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's just been the history of the planet. Well, 2,000 years ago, we had a couple of them. We had the Buddha, and then we had Jesus, who came. And Jesus, Buddha taught the wisdom of God. Jesus taught the love of God. It's been 2,000 years. It's time for another teacher, and that teacher is Maitreya, the world teacher. And this time he comes because we have instant communication worldwide. He comes for the whole world. He doesn't just come for one section of it. Um, he will be able to address all of us, talk to all of us, um, and meet us um, all at the same time because his consciousness can hold that kind of information. I can't imagine that. But anyway, he's the leader of the masters in, in the spiritual kingdom. Um, and so this is the first time in the history of humanity that he is coming himself. Normally, they would overshadow one of their great disciples, like the Buddha. Prince Gautama came onto the planet knowing what, what his job was. He agreed before he was born to let the Buddha overshadow him, put the Buddha's consciousness in Prince Gautama's consciousness and give out the teachings of the Buddha. And that's exactly what happened. When he, had, when he became an adult, the, the Buddha overshadowed Prince Gautama and he gave out the teachings of the Buddha and so he became known as Gautama Buddha. Well, that's the age-old way that the masters give out their teachings. They overshadow a disciple. Maitreya overshadowed the disciple Jesus. 
Jesus knew what his job was. And so he gave out the teachings, Maitreya, this is where Christians will get lost. But don't worry about it. Just ignore it. Um, Maitreya is the Christ for planet Earth. The Christ is a position. It wasn't Jesus' last name, and people know that. So he overshadowed Jesus. This was a great sacrifice made by Jesus because he could have given out great teachings on his own. And Gabe put his consciousness in Jesus' mind and gave out the Christ teachings through Jesus. So Jesus became known as Jesus the Christ. Jesus and Maitreya work side by side now. They're best friends. They're buddies. They have no egos. And they are both working 24 hours a day to help humanity. So Maitreya is the leader of the masters. He's made a body, he made his own body in which he can hold the love of God, if you can imagine that. So it's a very special body. It's indestructible, and he can actually shake our hands without zapping us to death. <laughs> He's about six foot three, I understand. He came down of the Himalayas into Pakistan to acclimate his body. They're not used to smog. They're not used to noise. They live in the mountains and deserts of the world. That's where their consciousness resides. And so he had to kind of acclimate himself. Then he flew by airplane to London to fulfill the prophecy that he would come out of the clouds. And that's his base of operations in, in the world right now is London. Of course, he can appear anywhere he wants to. So that's Maitreya, the world teacher. Wow. That's a lot. It is. <laughs> It is, but he's a member of the spiritual kingdom who has taken a physical body and has come to bring the revelations for humanity that we're ready to hear now, that we're ready to learn. And the biggest one that we're ready to learn is right relationship, how to treat each other properly. We're going to learn that. Now, I mentioned that the Buddha taught the wisdom of God. Jesus taught the love of God. Maitreya comes to teach God's will. He said, humanity is now ready to actually start doing God's will. We've evolved to that point. And so he comes to teach us the will of God and the purpose behind that will. So he comes to teach us that and how to get along. Right relationship. Well, I, I have a question. Like, sure. I think you may have already answered it because you said Maitreya was uh, you know, chilling out on an airliner. But when did Maitreya get here? Yeah, he came down out of the Himalayas and he actually flew from Pakistan to London on July 19th, 1977. Now, seven is a very spiritual number, as most people know. Um, and if you think about it, July 1977, that's 777. Yes. And so nothing is by accident when the masters do it. And the 19th of July, the one and the nine, that's the first number and the last number in the decimal system. The one and the nine, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. He came on July 19th, 1977. His passport said he was 33 years old, which is interesting because that's the age Jesus was when he died. Right. But so he wasn't a guy who was born. He like... um descended that's right that's right he descended yeah he made a body he inhabited that body and then came down out of the mountains in it and now he resides in that body now he the masters are have control over all the forces of planet earth like gravity and all that kind of stuff so so he can appear in 20 places at once and be solid physical and shake your hand but that's because they know how to create energy they know how to create physical mass the masters know all that stuff that's why they're called the masters of the wisdom and so yeah he he 
descended is exactly right. Okay. And you said that he has been appearing to people. He has. Yes. So I, there's the saying um, that, that I've always believed that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And in this case, it's quite literal, obviously. It's very literal. Yes, it's a true statement in my experience that humanity, the student, is ready and now the teacher has appeared. He's waiting for the right time to come forward to humanity um, all at once. And he says, that will be my day of declaration. That will be when I declare myself, who I am to humanity. And we can talk more about that in a minute. But, but yes, he's the teacher and he's come because we're the students. Now, he appears to people. He and Jesus, mostly, have been the two that have been appearing to people worldwide for about, I don't know, the last 25 years or so. And the reason I know this is because... Benjamin Krem is the editor of, a, of an international magazine called Share International. And he has been for many, many years now. And it's a magazine with no advertising in it. It's sold basically at cost. It's, so, it's available in about 40 countries around the world. It's in many different languages. It's a monthly issue magazine. People can... People can um, subscribe to it if they want to. Well, there's a section in Share International every month where people write in letters and ask Benjamin Krem, tell Benjamin Krem about an experience they had with somebody, some person, could be a child, could be a woman, could be a man, could be homeless, could be wealthy, whatever. And they ask Benjamin Krem if perhaps that was one of the masters in disguise because the masters have been doing this a lot. Benjamin Krem, people often ask, where does he get his information? How come he knows so much? Well, I'll tell you. He is in communication with one of the 63 masters, basically 24 hours a day, whenever he wants to be. He was trained how to be in communication with them. And so he has, he calls it his master, but of course he's master of more than just Benjamin Krem. But they're not our masters. They're called masters because they're masters of themselves. Right. So anyway, they would never infringe our free will. Our free will is sacred. They're not going to come and tell us what to do. Maitreya is not going to say, you have to do this. He's not going to force us to do anything. They, that would be sacrosanct. Our, our free will is sacred. It's how we learn and grow. We make a choice, then we learn from our choice and hopefully grow. We can learn from poor choices. We can learn from good choices. The goal isn't to choose right every time. The goal is to always learn from the choices. So our free will is sacred. So he comes to teach us. He comes literally as a teacher to teach us. So when Jesus came, yeah. humanity didn't respond so well. Right. Um, and so one would wonder then if humanity was perhaps not as ready for Jesus as we thought we were because we didn't respond so well. And I've always said, if Jesus walked up to people today and said, yo, I'm Jesus, I'm back, we would put him in a mental institution. We would say, you're crazy, you're not Jesus. Um, so how do you, uh, how does Maitreya or any master who comes find that inroad where he doesn't wind up? I guess he can get out of the mental institution if he can descend from the clouds. But... <laughs> How do you how do you make those inroads into consciousness yeah. so that people don't think you're nuts or people sure. don't immediately reject you? How do you get the message out in a in an acceptable way? I guess. Well, that's a great question because 
uh, and I'm going to start with these personal appearances. And because I think some of your listeners, this almost always happens. Some listeners have had experiences of the masters. You guys probably have and didn't even know it. That's probably one of the reasons I'm on your show right now. Here's what happens. People will see an ordinary person um, could be doing anything. I was driving home from meditation one night and I stopped at a red light uh, and I looked over and there was a bus bench by the side of the road and there was a homeless man in a filthy tan trench coat slouched way down with a long filthy beard and mustache and he kind of looked up at me from his slouched down position and my first thought was that guy is looking right through me and then the light turned green and I drove on. Well, one of the ways you know you've seen a master is it's a very ordinary occurrence. Like I just saw him for maybe six seconds. A very ordinary occurrence, but you can't get it out of your mind. You keep remembering it and remembering it and remembering it. And there's no reason to remember it. Well, there is because it was a master. So I finally wrote to Benjamin Krem and he published my letter in Share International Magazine. And he said that that, that homeless man on that bench was the master Jesus. Hmm. And so it can be something that simple. Um, I went down to the homeless. There's a park, there's a park near where I used to live, a small park and homeless people used to come there once in a while. And there was this one guy that on, on weekends I would go down and give him some money. And so I went down to do that. And my mother had just sent me some Christmas cookies from uh, Minnesota. And so I brought a little can of cookies for him. And he wasn't there. But there was this other homeless guy there with a shopping cart and some clothes. And he was folding clothes on a park bench. He looked to be about maybe six feet, 5'10", probably about 5'10", um, long brown hair. Um, he looked pretty clean, but he had a ruddy complexion like he was outside a lot. And um, I asked him if he was a camper because I'd heard that sometimes they prefer to be called campers. And he said, yeah, you could say that. And I said, well, I said, I'm just wondering if you could use this money. And he said, oh, thank you. And I said, and these are cookies that my, that my mother sent, and, and I hope you enjoy them. And he said, oh, well, if they're from your mother, I'm sure they're very good. And he smiled and said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. And I left. And I thought, you know, those clothes looked pretty clean to me. The ones he was folding, they were, they were like, almost like they were pressed. And I just thought this... I just couldn't get him out of my mind. Well, I wrote to Benjamin Cram. Benjamin Cram published it in Share International and confirmed that the man was Maitreya. So it can be a very ordinary occurrence like that. There's three ways that people generally recognize that they've talked to a master. One is they can't get them out of their mind. It was a very ordinary occurrence, but they can't get it out of their mind. The second one is they notice something in the eyes. There's something special about the eyes um, like that guy on the park bench, I said he was looking right through me, or or some special twinkle or something that people notice um, that's not ordinary. And the third way is that when they see a master, they're just filled with joy. All of a sudden, they just feel so happy and they feel so good. That happened to me. And they just, it's like your feet don't even touch the ground when you're walking. You feel so happy. I was, I was leaving um, Cal State from Cal State LA from a college class and I was walking across the campus and this this girl came towards me 
looked to be in her 20s, shoulder length brown hair. I just saw her quickly. I just looked up as she went by and she gave me kind of a Mona Lisa smile. Oh man, I felt so happy. I was just, I couldn't explain it. And I thought, man, I wish I could make people that happy by smiling at them like she did. Well, I couldn't get her out of my mind. I only finally wrote to Benjamin Krem. That was Maitreya. And so the other, the third way is that you feel this joy, this wonderful happiness or, or sensation of being loved that you can't explain. There's no reason why you should be feeling that right now. And it's very intense sometimes. Those are the three most common ways that people know they've seen one of the masters. And um, so they will talk to you. Um, sometimes I've had a conversation with, with Maitreya. He was a black man at this time. Um, and he was talking about the pollution and how bad it was and how we need to turn it around right now. There's, there's no time to wait. We're killing the planet. It's now or, he used the phrase, it's now or never. And when I shared that conversation with Benjamin Krem, the article was published in Share International with a big headline, it's now or never. Um, he published my letter about this conversation that I'd had with a man named Maitreya. I had a hint. He gave me a hint. I said, we can still change it. We can still fix this planet. And he said, well, you can. I can't. I'm the observer. Mm. And I just went, ding, 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 ding. I'm talking to a master. <laughs> yeah. I just had that thought, you know. And so I finished the conversation and then I wrote my letter right away. Um, and it turned out it was Maitreya. And that's what he is. He's the observer. We have made the planet the mess that it is right now. It's right. our mess. It's our karma. We have to clean it up. The masters aren't going to wave a magic wand and make everything okay. Right. Um, and Maitreya is not going to do that. By the way, he doesn't come alone. There are other masters coming with him. But he'll be the first one to introduce himself to humanity. So he's going to make suggestions. That's how he's going to do it. You asked, why would people believe him? Well, a lot of people won't. But he's going to make suggestions and he's going to say, I have some ideas that might help make life better. Um, here are my suggestions, and then we can either follow them or not. We have free will. He knows, he has said that there's a critical mass that will respond to him, and that's all he needs from the start. He said there are 1.8 billion people who will respond when I address humanity on TV and radio. Wow. Well, so uh, I don't want to, but we need to take a break. <laughs> Sounds so good. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we have questions from chat. I know Patrick has questions. I can already tell you that this is the show is not going to be long enough. So stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We'll be right back. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of hauntedshirtclub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. You are a waste. 
a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density, a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio? Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host Karen Frazier for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Hey, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with me, Karen Frazier, and our guest host, Patrick Keller. And we are talking to Dick Larson about Maitreya. And Patrick, uh, you had a couple of questions that you were going to roll into since I dominated the first part. Hey, that's okay. Um, we have a question from Bob in the live chat, oh, and good. then I also have a uh, question I want to ask after that. But Bob wants to know, wouldn't a psychic be able to pick up on such a spiritual beating immediately? Yes. Yes, unless the master blocked it and and thought it would be better karmically for that person not to know at that moment <clears throat> that they were a master. See, what we have to do is recognize them ourselves. We have to recognize them. That's part of raising our, the level of our consciousness. So um, a master may be really happy to, to, to talk to somebody who knows they're a master. And that for the person's own good, the master may want to block that communication so that they can kind of dwell on it and discover more. Uh, about their own ability beyond their psychic ability to recognize things. So it depends. But yeah, I would say unless they're blocked, absolutely. Okay, so so here's my big question. I think uh, mo the most fascinating thing about this that people would think, like you said, is thinking about the fact that you could have met Maitreya or or what that would be like and if you would if you would know. But I also wonder you know, once Maitreya returns, what type of transformation are we in for as a planet? What's what's going to happen? He wants to know. He wants to know that? if we're all going to die. Is <laughs> where he's going with? Yeah. Well, as you know, I used to teach adult Bible study, and the Book of Revelation is one of the most difficult books to understand. 
it's really written in three different sections about different calamities and so on. Um, this is not going to be the end of the world. My information is that each planet has seven rounds of life, and a round is millions of years. Planet Earth is in the middle of the fourth round. So there are millions of years left for planet Earth. It's not going to be the end of the, of, of the planet at all. Why would a teacher come just to wave his hand over a desolate planet? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So it's not going to be the end of the world. As a matter of fact, things are going to get better very quickly in some cases. Um, for example, it's my information that within two years of coming forward, starvation will have ended on the planet. Well, we I'm have enough food. We, we have a 12% per capita surplus of food. It's just not getting distributed. Well, there are people under the master's guidance who already have plans for distribution for the food. They have plans for all kinds of things, a new educational system, a new financial system, a new um, government system that'll, that'll, that'll serve all of us better. All of these things are going to change. And it's too much to do all at one time, so, so it will be phased in. The masters know how to introduce change in a way that, we, that enough of us can accept it that, that the, change, the ball will start rolling. And then other people will get on board and they'll say, oh, yeah, that does look like it's working. That does look like a good idea, and so on. So, but the changes are going to be wonderful. The, one of God's laws is the law of equilibrium. And what that law says, according to the ageless wisdom, is that however bad it's been, that's how good it's going to get. So we have a glorious, unbelievably loving, wonderful, healthy future ahead of us as a human race. And the ball is going to start rolling with Maitreya coming forward. Um, yeah. There's more, but I'll, I'll stop there for now. <laughs> I want to know, what do you say to religious leaders who teach the opposite of that? That teach the world is coming to an end? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I tell them that a lot of this has to do with beliefs in the Antichrist. And the Antichrist, according to the Ageless Wisdom and the ancient texts, the Antichrist is, a lar is very largely misunderstood. And so a lot of people are going to claim, especially the, the, the very devout religious folks of all religions, are, are going to say that Maitreya is the Antichrist when he first comes forward. I mean, I'm sure he's ready for that. He's prepared to hear that and to deal with that. But in fact, he's not. And let's talk just for a minute about the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not a person. It's an energy. It's an energy that is periodically released through one or more people. 2,000 years ago, um, St. John's book of Revelation, the first part of that, where he wrote about the B666, B if you look at any good study Bible, numerology was big back then. And every, every number stood for one or more letters of the alphabet. And if you look at a good study Bible, I have two different ones. They have the same footnote on that beast 666 and it says 666 are the total numbers in the name Caesar Nero 
Nero was the Beast 666. As you know, he was incredibly evil. He killed all kinds of people. He was really after the Christians um, and single-handedly basically destroyed the great Roman Empire. There's a famous saying, Nero, fiddle, Nero fiddled while Rome burned. That, that's really true. He destroyed the Roman Empire. Well, that's why the Antichrist energy is released. It is released to break down the old system and pave the way for the new. And through Nero, it did that. It broke down the Roman Empire, which basically controlled the modern world at that time, and paved the way for Christendom. So well, was it released in Hitler? It, it, bingo. I was okay. just going to say, if people think about it, they know who the next release of the Antichrist mm -hmm. was. And it was Hitler. He did everything that John's book of Revelation says that he was going to do. It was incredibly evil. He killed millions and millions of people. He fooled people for decades into thinking that he was going to create this perfect society, this perfect world, this perfect Aryan race. Um, and he was incredibly evil. And he was, he was destroyed by the Allied powers. It was released through Hitler, a, a Mussolini, and a couple Japanese generals. That's where the Antichrist entered. Was, and it was released to break down the old war, World War I and World War II, and that whole plan, that whole problem, and pave the way for the growth of humanity. But we have free will, and the masters couldn't predict the Cold War. And that's what happened. After World War II, the Cold War set in, and it really, really blocked the, the spiritual growth of humanity and our evolution for a long time. Uh, finally, Maitreya, working through Gorbachev, um, met with Reagan, dis d broke down the Soviet Union completely, brought down the, the wall, the wall came down, the, the, the wall in Germany, that was a miracle. I mean, nobody expected that thing to come down. Hundreds of people, if not thousands, had been killed trying to get over that wall, and all of a sudden, people pulled out hammers and, and started pounding away at the wall, and nobody stopped them, and the wall came down. I mean, that was a, a modern-day, non-religious miracle mm -hmm. that nobody expected. Um, there have been all kinds of these things happening around the world that are signs that the masters are on their way to help us and to teach us and to help us get back on track. So it's not going to be the end of the world. It's going to be the dawning of a brand new world. So it's about transformation. So the book of Revelation is really about transformation as opposed to endings. It is. And the first part was about Nero. The second part was about what's going on right now. And the third part is about the end of planet Earth, which okay. is millions of years off. So the part that's going on right now, I mean, there are airplanes dropping out of the sky. Nobody knows where they went. Nobody knows what happened. I mean, there's all kinds of there's trains coming off tracks, railroad tracks. There's, there's earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes. This is a horrible, horrible time weather-wise and, and natural disaster-wise, and we have brought this upon ourselves um, largely through the development of nuclear energy as a war material and mm -hmm. testing, testing nuclear bombs. When we test those things, it screws up the whole inside of the planet, and it's been the cause for, for many of the earthquakes, I'm told. Well, I also believe, and, and you may correct me if you disagree with me, but I also believe that we've brought it about by our consciousness and the fact that we live in a fear-based consciousness. 
we have. Maitreya says, I come to remove fear. Fear and guilt. He says, neither one serves humanity. I come to remove them. You don't need to be afraid of each other. Well, it, but so that's what I wonder about is that, I mean, look at how, how much trouble we have making any changes um, in this country with just speaking politically. Um, of course. You know, you see, you see civil rights changes happening. You see things happening, but it's very slow and there's so much opposition. And a lot of stuff, it's occurring organically, not because of politics, but because of people. Um, so how do, you, how do humans step away from that fear or how does Maitreya or any master help us to master that fear so that we can progress and yeah. change? We're going to get a lot of help in changing a lot of things. Now, I'll tell you, from the big picture standpoint, there's a reason for all of this. Our solar system and consequently planet Earth doesn't sit still in the, in the cosmos. It moves and we are surrounded by 12 major constellations, huge, huge heavenly bodies that have tremendous energies. And periodically, our planet comes into alignment with one of these 12 constellations. And when we're in alignment with that constellation, we receive its energies. And those energies are designed to help the planet evolve. This is one of the tools for evolution in our solar system and on our planet. When we're in alignment with one of these constellations, we say we are in the age of whatever that constellation is. Right. For the last 2,000 years, we have been in alignment with and in the age of Pisces. At the beginning of each age, a teacher comes to bring the news, the information, the revelations for that age. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was the great teacher that came to inaugurate the age of Pisces. The symbol for Pisces is the fish. Think right. of all the fish analogies in the New Testament of the, of the Christian Bible. Fishes and I, loaves, yes. Oh, yeah. I fed the crowd with fish. I'll make you fishers of men. He chose yeah. a lot of fishermen as his, some of his disciples. There's all these fishers. There's no accident. That's no accident. He was the teacher for the age of Pisces. Well, now, in 1625, we started moving out of the influence of Pisces. And in 1675, we started moving into the influence of the next constellation, which is Aquarius. So we have been bombarded with Piscean energies. Now, if you go up to a, a big telescope, the astronomers up there will tell you this. They call it the precession of the equinox. That's what they call this movement. Um, but the, the, the primary energies of Pisces were individuality. Man has come out of the herd in the last 2,000 years. And dedication to an ideal. And it was dedication to the ideal of freedom that saved the world from the Antichrist, Hitler. And and because he, he was good, he would have conquered the world. So the energy of Pisces has done its work. Now we're receiving energies from Aquarius, which is very different and will lead us to the next step. The two primary energies of Aquarius are synthesis and cooperation. So we're going to see a lot of work done in groups now. It is time for the average people on planet Earth to take over the planet. And that's what the Aquarian energies will support. They will support group work. Individuals, no more going to be big individual heroes and leaders. They're done. 
Now it will be groups. Benjamin Krems Master has even gone so far as to say the President of the United States will no longer be one person. It will be a panel of wise people. That's how much the group influence of Aquarius. So right now we're being flooded with energies from Pisces and energies from Aquarius. Whenever you have the energy streaming in to the planet from both constellations, what you have is total chaos. And that's what we have right now. Total chaos. And how, how long do we have this? Well, the, a few hundred years. But we've already had it a few hundred years. So it's time now for the bad to fall off and the good to start. But think about this. Everything that we have, the social system, the financial system, the political system, the religious system, the healthcare system, the business system, the educational system, yeah. has all been built with Piscean energy. Piscean energy is being withdrawn. So guess what's happening? All of those systems are collapsing because that's all they can do. Piscean energy is being withdrawn. What we need to do now is rebuild those wonderful institutions. They <laughs> served humanity for 2,000 years. Rebuild those institutions with Aquarian energy, the energy of cooperation. And then they will again serve humanity for another 2,000 years. But right now it looks horrible. But what's really happening is the old mess is getting cleaned out to make way for the new. So we're in that period of transition right now. That's exactly what's happening. As I understand. I, I have a question. I'm actually, as you're saying that, when you talk about the president, uh, how we're supposed to just have like a body of, you know, wise people. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, Sylvia Brown, uh, the psychic Sylvia Brown, who has now passed, I think she had a prediction that, um, and I don't remember if there was a year that she predicted, but that we wouldn't have a president and that it would be kind of like a, a body of of people that would replace the president. That's what well, pops right in my brain. She's spot said. on. As far as I know, she's spot on. Um, it, it just makes sense. It's too big a job for one person to handle anyway. Right, but it won't be an oligarchy. No. It, okay. No. <laughs> no. That's that's good. There are some and basic misunderstandings about the future, like there's going to be a one-world government through the United Nations mm -hmm. or something. No, there's not. Every nation has its own personality and contributes that personality to the whole of the world community. So there's not going to be a one world government. There's not going to be a one world religion. There's not going to be any of that stuff. Everybody gets to make their own decisions. Well, there's Absolutely. value and there's value and balance and diversity. And I believe that different, different people, different souls are here to experience different things. And if we're all the same, then we're not experiencing different things. That's so. right. We're not serving our own paths. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so that's that's the big picture of why there's such a mess now and why we're going to start to see daylight as we start to rebuild the planet. And Maitreya and the Masters come to help us and guide us do that. And like I said, they're going to make suggestions. Now think about it. There's going to be a master in charge of government, and he's going to guide us in government. There's going to be a master in finances. There's going to be a master in... Um, social life, there's going to be a master in education, a master in healthcare, and they're going to guide us in how to rebuild these great institutions with cooperation, with right relationship with each other. And so we're going to get lots of help, including the Aquarian energies. That's why people could march in the streets for a week over in, um, in the Middle East and throw out their government just by marching in the street. And they did it.
is because right. Aquarian energy supports group action. That's why okay. marching in the streets is really, really powerful. Maitreya has had his picture taken many times marching with people in the streets. He's trying to show us that this is good. This is the way to go. Make your needs known. Right. Right. So um, you, I'm, I'm looking at your bio, and uh, Patrick just sent me a message, too, and I think this is kind of along the same thing. So clearly this is a paranormal show, and we talk about things a lot like UFOs and ghosts and psychic energy and, yes. and all of that type of stuff. How does it all tie in? Well, UFOs, for example, they are real. My information is they are here. They're part of the forces of light with the masters that are going to help us turn this planet around. My information about UFOs, you want to hear that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, my information about UFOs, there's a couple basic misunderstandings. One of them is that they come from the Pleiades or Sirius or somewhere. No, they come from our solar system. There's life on every planet in our solar system. Now, how could that be? I'll tell you how. We talked off the air, and now I'll say it on the air. Every basic religion and philosophy agrees that humanity is made up of four aspects. Physical, emotional, which is also called astral mental and spiritual so we're made up of those aspects and that's the direction of evolution by the way first we were physical we were animal man then we got feelings then we got a mind and then we started to realize that we're living souls and that's what he comes to remind us he comes to remind us that we're not humans having spiritual experiences we're spirits having a human experience and so now we're aware of that and that makes us much more teachable for the will of God and so on. So, I lost my train of thought. Well, we were asking, you were talking about UFOs. Oh yeah, UFOs. So, there's physical matter. Our science is so limited compared to some of our neighbors who are advanced. For example, Venus is in the seventh round. That planet is almost a perfect planet. So the people on it are almost perfect. Benjamin Krem said, if you were to talk to a Venusian, that's what somebody from Venus. They're not Venetians. Those are blinds. <laughs> Venusians, if you, were to talk to, if you were to talk to a Venusian, he said you would think you were talking to a god. That's how loving and how knowledgeable they are. So that, that planet's almost a perfect planet. And a lot of the visitors we have come from our two neighbors, Mars and Venus. Mars is at the same level we're at, but they haven't made the mistakes we've made. So scientifically, technologically, they're thousands of years ahead of us. Earth is the perfect distance from the sun to have solid physical life. We won't boil and we won't freeze. We can be solid physical. And our science says that physical is solid, liquid, and gas. And as you know, a lot of gases you can't see uh, or touch or feel or smell. You don't even know they're there, but they're real, like oxygen. Um, we know it's real, but you can't see it or there's no evidence um, offhand. Well, there's life on other planets, but they're either too close to the sun or too far from the sun to have physical life, solid physical life. So they don't. They have etheric physical. There's a level of physical that we're, we haven't discovered yet above gas called etheric, like ether is a very fine vibration, a very high gas, etheric physical. It's just as physical as, as gas and liquid and solid, but it's etheric and you can't see it. 
unless right. you have a theoretic unless you have a theoretic vision. There are some people who have the beginnings of a theoretic vision, and those are people who see auras. An aura is etheric. So they live in etheric physical bodies. They have etheric physical houses, etheric physical transportation. They see each other because they have etheric vision, just like you and I see each other. But when we land a camera on Mars, it sees nothing. There's 8 billion people on Mars. There's more on Mars than there are on planet Earth. There's buildings all over Mars. There's transportation. But the camera doesn't have etheric vision. It sees nothing. But they're there. Well, that's the major misunderstanding about the UFOs. Why we see them sometimes and don't see them sometimes. How they can disappear so easily. Their natural state of existence is etheric physical. So they're oh, up there in the thousands. Vibration. They're up there. In, yes, very high vibration. They're up there all the time in the thousands. And we see them when they lower the vibration of their craft, which they can do, to become temporarily solid physical, then we see them. They can do the same with their physical bodies. They can lower their physical body's vibration to solid physical temporarily, and we can see them. So basically, we see them when they want us to. <laughs> That's how it works. So wow. they lower the vibration of their craft, and then when they want to disappear, they either just fly off as fast as you can imagine, or they simply raise the vibration of their craft, and poof, they disappear. But they're still there. They're just etheric physical. So there's life on every planet. That's all cosmos is, is life. There's life everywhere out there. That's the purpose of cosmos, is life and growth and evolution. And so there's life on every planet. Most of the UFOs come from, some come from, most come from Venus and Mars. Mars is the manufacturing planet for our solar system. They love to build things. They're really good at it. So the other planets like Saturn and Jupiter and Venus, when they want UFOs made, they send their order to Mars, and then Mars makes them, and then they go pick them up. So these UFOs that we see are from our solar system, mostly from Venus and Mars. The, the, the crews are mostly from Venus and Mars. My understanding is they're here on a mission of mercy, and their mission has four parts. One of those is as, as, as part of the forces of light to help us evolve. They're going to be our teachers, but only after the masters come forward. They're not going to come forward first. They're not going to land on the president's lawn and say hi to the president. We're here. How can we help? They're not going to do that because this is not their planet. Well, we this panic and kill them. <laughs> well, we can't. Right. But this is the master's planet. So they're going to wait for, they don't want to steal the master's thunder. They're going to wait for the masters to come forward first. The first one will be Maitreya. He will come forward, by the way, on television and radio. And we can talk about how you'll know it's him. Within the net, my information is within the next two years, probably no more than a year and a half from now, you're going to see him on TV. No kidding. Sweet. Yep. And. Then you can decide for yourself what you think about him. You know, the tree is known by its fruit. So a lot of people will just wait and see what he does, see what he says, you know, which is fine. Um, but anyway, they're part of the forces of light. The first, the, uh, the second mission they have is they're mopping up pollution all the time. They're mopping up. Most of the pollution is nuclear. We have etheric physical, which we our instruments can't measure, etheric physical energy pollution spewing out of every nuclear plant on the planet and we don't even know it because our instruments can't measure it by the way science has discovered etheric physical they just don't know what it is they call it dark matter yeah 
what they call dark matter is etheric physical. And they've said something interesting. They've said, it seems like dark matter is everywhere throughout the universe. Yes, it is. It's etheric physical. Um, that's what it is. They just don't know what they have on their hands yet. <clears throat> um, so they're mostly mopping up this nuclear pollution 24 hours a day. They have huge ships. Now they're etheric, so they can go in the planet and mop up pollution in the planet, in the oceans, mop up pollution in the oceans, and of course in the air. They've been doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week for about 20 years. They've been mopping up our pollution to keep the planet alive until we wake up and clean it up ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, wow. they can't clean it all up because it's not their planet. Karmically, they didn't make the mess. So karmically, they're limited as to how much they can mop up. But the nuclear pollution, I'm told, is responsible for two major things. Number one, and a much higher incidence of autistic children being born. It went from 800, one in every 800, to about one in every 80 now. Right. Mostly caused by nuclear pollution. The second thing that it's causing, I'm told, is an earlier and earlier onset of Alzheimer's in people. And so nuclear pollution is really killing us. And the, and the space people, one of their missions is to help keep this planet alive by mopping up pollution. Imagine, they're not with their families. They're up there working 24 hours a day to help us. We owe them a huge karmic debt. Mm-hmm. The second thing they're doing is making crop circles. They're making crop circles as signs that they're here. They don't want to, they're very friendly. The, all these stories about slaughtering cattle and sticking needles in people, that's, that's, I know you've heard a lot of those and some of them are very, very convincing. My information is it's just not so. It's just not so. Now, probably not the people you've talked to, but a lot of people have been paid by the government to say this. The government, the, the, the um, government has gone out and slaughtered cattle and blamed it on UFOs. There's a lot of that going on. They want to discredit the UFOs because if we knew they were there, we wouldn't listen to our leaders. We'd ask them for help. <laughs> right. leaders, they'd lose all their power over us. They wouldn't have any. So they've been trying to discredit, you know, the, the, in the Western countries for, for decades now. So their second one is to make these crop circles as a beautiful sign to say we're here. My understanding is they make it in about eight seconds. Their machinery flies by thought. They're, 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 it is so sophisticated that it responds to human thought. So they don't push buttons and pull levers to fly. They just think, and their UFO responds to the thought, and that's what happens. They think up the crop circle they want to make. They hover over the crop, and in about eight seconds, it's made. Huge, wow. yeah, like the air, like the Arecibo message, which is oh man, yeah, oh they're fascinating. Yeah. Well, they're marking they're marking gravitational points on the planet. They're marking the vortices of of gravitational energy on our planet where they crisscross, and and eventually they're going to use that along with solar energy, and they're going to give us something called the technology of light which will provide energy for every need on the planet without pollution and free of charge forever. Those two combined, the, the, the magnetic energy of the planet combined with the energy from the sun. But they can't give us that technology until we end wars because we'll find a way to make a, make a weapon out of it. Right, yeah. So they can't do that yet, but that's one of the things they're going to do. And the crop circles are marking those areas on the planet right now. Pretty okay. cool. 
Yeah, very cool. So clearly then alien abduction, then what, what's the root of those stories? Is it people misunderstanding an experience that they had? Um, is it dreams? What, what is your opinion then? Because we do hear people tell yeah. pretty convincing stories of abduction. Sure. Um, first of all, it's impossible to take a solid physical body on an etheric UFO. <laughs> you can't do it. I mean, it's, it's scientifically impossible. So just to start from there. To answer your question, you hit on a couple of them. Some people have very, very vivid imaginations. And it's like a dream. When you're in a dream, it is real to you. It is very real. People sweat. People, you know, all kinds of things happen when you're dreaming. Well, some of this happens in Some of these experiences actually happen in a dream state. And they swear that they, they were just put back in their bed. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll even feel like their body just hit the mattress and the mattress bounced because right. that can happen in your sleep. Um, and, and they have had an astral experience. Some people have had astral experiences and imaginings while they're awake. And they've been so convincing that nobody can tell them it's not true. And I would never tell people face to face. I would never say what you're saying just isn't true. I would just say that's not my information. My information is that they're harmless. As a matter of fact, they're here to help. They love us. They would never hurt us, ever. Now, okay. there was a time when, when bad people on those planets were allowed to fly. They're not allowed to fly anymore. Okay. But so Chad and Chat asks, um, what about the things like implantations and scoop marks? Is that something then that our belief in these experiences manifest in ourselves? Have we created it out of whole cloth? My information is yes. Okay. Like, the, like the people that have stigmata, their yeah. foreheads bleed, their hands bleed, mm -hmm. same kind of thing. It's self-created. Their mind is a very powerful thing. We're going to yes. find that out as we work with the masters. But yes. Okay. That would be my answer. I mean, I don't have all the answers. No, but I my, understand. But my information is that, that they would never, ever do that to us. They love us too much. You know, even the Pope had a, had a UFO experience. Pope John had a UFO experience, and he was quite open about it. He, his, his Monsignor, there was a, he was in his summer home in Italy and in his back garden, and this bright object came down and landed at the end of this huge garden. And his, this Monsignor, this priest, was with him. And he said, wait here. And the Pope walked down. The door came down and opened. And out came this beautiful, very tall being. And the Pope, he said, the Pope walked right. The minute the guy came out, the Pope dropped to his knees in front of him. Mm. And, he, and he made a motion for the Pope to get up. He said they talked for about 12 minutes. He said, then the Pope came back, the guy got in his machine and took off, and the Pope came back and said, it's amazing how much we don't know about where we live and who we really are. And that's all he ever said about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great, great experience. So they're trying to let us know in a very quiet, very safe way that they're here. Uh, well, Dick, I just keep about the only... Um I, you know, I told you before we started that, you know, for me, this would be have to be like on a third grade level, you know, as I process these things. But the thing that's that's left sticking in my brain, I keep thinking about, you know, dogma and everything that we're taught by all the religions and stuff. And, and by know, science, too, actually. Science uh, is yeah. dogmatic as religion. Yeah. And uh -oh, so I think we just lost Dick. Oh, did we? 
oh man and i had such a genius question too at the third grade level of course (laughs) yeah hold it and cheryl yeah cheryl try to get him back stupid stupid skype oh skype are you back nope hello i can't hear you oh Oh, that's because you. you actually can you hear us now no how about now i can't hear you no sound shoot we the call just dropped no sound in. yeah no sound Let's see here um you want to hang up on hang up and we can go a little over we don't need to have our regular i can't hear you conversation cheryl you um, want to hang yeah back? let me um let me uh tell him i'm gonna hang up and then we'll call him back and try and get him on um the line all right just a second so ready to good books lately Um, no but seriously this is going to I'm going to lay awake and think about this tonight I think you should describe uh, how you said you were going to lay in bed earlier while we were on break Uh, with my eyes wide open staring at the ceiling and the covers clutched up under my chin that's what I I do when I have these are you back? I want a selfie oh now I can hear you alright Patrick Patrick, I missed your question I'm sorry Uh, did you hear any of the question? no I saw your mouth moving but I couldn't hear (laughs) (laughs) that happens sometimes people tell me Um, well I just with, with dogma and stuff and everything that all the religions try to shove down our throats And uh, Karen also threw in there that science tells us those things too, and heaven and hell. And, and, you know, a lot of us have, you know, issues with that anyway, and what we've taught. And and I've been kind of running away from some of my roots with that. Can you tell us through this, uh, Maitreya, is is all of that bunk? Can you you confirm that it's all dogmatic thinking? Dogmatic thinking, yes. Well, my. The churches have added a lot of their own material to the basic truths that were laid out by the teachers in every religion. This is true of the Buddhist religion, the Jewish religion, the Hindu religion, the Muslim religion, the Christian religion. All the major religions have added a ton of their own thoughts into the belief system. And I'll tell you something. Would you go as far as to say added their own agendas? Oh, of course. Absolutely. My goodness. Um, Yes. And by the way, Jesus' job, remember I said every every master has a department that they're going to work in? Jesus' job, I am told, is to get the Christian church back on track. Now, the Christian church, the Roman Catholic church, is the largest church in the world. But this is the last pope. There will be no more popes after this pope. Jesus will take his rightful place at St. Peter's throne at the head of the Catholic Church and consequently the head of the Christian Church worldwide. And his job, poor guy, is to get the Christian Church back on track because the churches and all the churches and all the religions have lost their way. Has someone so emailed he, him to let him know that? <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, he knows. So it's going to be really cool because people will be able to ask Jesus, what did you mean when you said that you really say this? You know, and what did you mean when you said that? They'll be able to ask him and he'll be able to answer those kinds of questions. So, I mean, it's going to be a really marvelous, marvelous time when all those kind of agendas will get dropped over time. But the conservatives in each of those world religions are going to hang on with their dying breath to what they know because what they know is comfortable. And you can't really blame them. 
But the people that are open-minded, especially the people that have been born starting like 30 years ago, that are coming into the into the planet now 30, 40 years ago, they're way more open-minded and they're going to be very receptive to a lot of this information and it's going to be able to start turning things around. So yeah, the religions have got some real serious problems in their teachings, absolutely. And the masters come to help clear some of that up. Interesting. To clear it all up. But it won't all happen at once. And nobody's going to be condemned. See, they walked on the planet just like us. And they had thousands of lifetimes just like we're having thousands of lifetimes. And, you know, when you, when you get to the point where you know you're a living soul, then you're, then you're on the final stretch. You only have 8 to 14 lives left, as I understand it. Um, but we've been through thousands of lifetimes. The soul is eternally patient, waiting for us to awaken so that it can start doing its work through us, which is its job. And it can wake us up. Well, people are waking up now, and that's why this is a perfect time for the world teacher himself to come. He has never come himself on the planet Earth ever. This is in the history of the planet. That's how big this event is going to be. It's going to be, I mean, church bells are going to be ringing. I mean, you're... You're not going to believe people are going to be walking on tiptoe after they hear him address us for an hour or whatever, however long he talks, 45 minutes. Nobody knows um, it because they won't want to disturb the peace and the stillness and the beauty. And, and then it'll be time to get to work. And we have to do the work because we made the mess. Right. And that's why I think we're here now. And that's why I think your listeners are here now. We're here to turn this planet around. We're here because we're open-minded enough to take the steps to get that to happening, to follow the advice of the masters um, once we realize who they really are, and to start changing the planet. That's why we're here. It's a big, big mission. Just like my parents were here to defeat the Antichrist in World War II, and they did it. Women went to work in factories, you know, 12 hours a day to defeat the Antichrist, and they got the job done. Well, now we're here for this job. That's what I think. I think, it's a, I think it's the best possible time to be alive. We're going to see changes in our lifetime. If, if you listeners are of reasonable health at all, you're going to see unbelievable changes in your lifetime. We're going to experience transportation that is motionless, that you'll, you'll go 10 hours, and when you get there, you'll be as refreshed as when you left. That kind of stuff is in our future. It's amazing. Well, that would be super nice, let me tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. Um, so real quick, because we're... we're uh, just almost out of time, but you did mention that you wanted to um, tell people how when Maitreya spoke on television, we would recognize him. Thank you. Yes. When he comes on television, connected up by the satellites, that's what the satellites are up there for. They're not up there for World Cup soccer. They're up there for this event. What? <laughs> not American Idol? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. I... <laughs> We've been American Idol fans, so we're sorry to see uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that's what they're up there for, and he will he will appear. Here's what's happening. He's interviewing. Let me back up a step. He's been interviewing on TV networks in different countries around the world as an ordinary man. I don't know what name he's been using. I haven't seen any of the interviews, but he's been interviewing as an ordinary man. He's interviewed in Mexico, 14 interviews. He's done over 40 interviews in Brazil. He's given over 50 interviews on Russian television. He's done over 30 interviews on Chinese television. He's been interviewed on, in Japan, Vietnam, Malaysia, India, Indonesia. He's had uh, over 170 interviews. And finally, what's going to happen, humanity and the media representing humanity are going to say, wait a minute. You know too much to be an ordinary person. Who are you really? 
Who are you really? And when that happens, he can come forward without infringing our free will and tell us who he is. And he says, I will have my day of declaration. You will see me on TV and radio. And if you're working in the fields, you will hear my words in your head if you're over the age of 14. And then he will address humanity for 35, 45, 55, nobody knows how long. I'm told that he's going to give us a brief history of humanity. He's going to show us. We're going to see it in our mind's eye. We're going to see a brief history of humanity and where we went wrong, where we got off the path. And then he's going to give us a glimpse of this brilliant, brilliant future that humanity has ahead of us. And then he's going to make suggestions on what we can do to start turning things around. And there are three ways that you'll know it's him. Number one, you'll see his face on TV, but his lips won't move. You will hear his words in your head telepathically in whatever your native language is. So that'll be a very strange experience because you'll see his face there. If you're watching it with somebody else, you'll be going, I, I'm hearing him, but he's not talking. Are you hearing him? It'll be one of those kind of experiences. That's the first way you'll know it's him, telepathic communication. Will it all be at the same time? Yes. The second so we'll way, if we watching. don't have our TV on. Even if you don't have your TV on, you will hear his words in your head okay. if you're even 1% open to it, to the possibility. Okay. The second way you'll know it's him is that while he's speaking, he can, em he can embody the love of God. He's the Christ. While he's speaking, you will feel the love of God in your heart like you have never felt it before. A lot of people will be crying. I'll probably be one of them. Trust the love in your heart if you're afraid of the Antichrist. The Antichrist cannot do the love of God in your heart. That's the second way you'll know it's him. The third way you'll know it's him is that when he's done speaking, there will be press reports from around the world that while he was talking to humanity, hundreds of thousands of people were miraculously healed. And in those three ways, you'll know that this is the world teacher come to help us dig our way out of the mess we've made if we want to follow his suggestions. Everybody will have their own personal experience of him, and everybody will have to make up their own individual mind as to whether they think this guy makes sense, whether or not he's got suggestions that are worth following, and how they want to react to him. And like I said, there'll be a lot of people going, Antichrist, Antichrist, look out, look out. And then there will be those of us who know. You just know. See, this is prophecy. I can't prove any of this. That's why right. I say don't believe it. That's the nature of prophecy. You can't prove it. You can't show it to anybody. But when, when this happens, people will know what's happening if they've heard our broadcast today, and they won't be wondering what the heck's going on. They'll know that the world teacher is coming forward to start working with humanity. He will be at the center of humanity for the next 2,000 years. His body is indestructible. He can't be killed. He doesn't need to sleep or eat. And he will be, he works 24 hours a day, just like Jesus does, 24 hours a day. Jesus is in a body. He is living in the outskirts of Rome, and the Pope knows he's there. And a couple of the cardinals around the Pope know he's there. The Pope has been asked not to say anything, because if the Pope says Jesus is here, all the Catholics will believe it, because the Pope said so. That infringes free will. So people need to recognize, you're going to see Jesus and Maitreya on TV side by side. So if you're a Christian and you don't want anything to do with Maitreya, that's fine. Don't. Just listen to Jesus because you're going to see him. And Jesus is going to say, this is my friend and my beloved brother, Maitreya, the world teacher. And Maitreya is going to say, this is my friend and my beloved brother, Jesus. And you're going to see him eventually side by side on TV. 
Jesus, Maitreya is going to travel the world. He's going to visit every single country of the world and talk to the people, probably in stadiums and things like that. Um, wow. And so everybody will have a chance to see him as he starts out on his mission to teach us the will of God and that we need to get along with each other, right relationship. Wow. Well, that is a lot to digest. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. I would love it if you would come on again. Um, we're almost out of time. So really quickly, where can people go to get this information, to find you, to find um, the Share International, all of that stuff? Sure. Thank you. Go to the website, www.share, S-H-A-R-E, dash international, all spelled out, dot org. Share-international.org, not dot com, dot org. Um, that's where they can, and then they can go on Amazon to look at Benjamin Krem's books. He's got uh, one or two books on the Share International website that people can read on online there. There's all kinds of photos of miracles that have happened in every major religion and non-religious miracles that have been going on as signs that great change is coming. It's a loaded website. It's full of stuff. Great pictures. There's some audio in there. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, so I encourage people to check it out if they're curious, but don't believe it. Just check it out. <laughs> Very good. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. And really, I hope you'll come back because I feel like we have a lot more to talk about. Love to. Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Keep yeah. up the great work. Thank you. Good night, Dick. Thank good you, night. sir. Good night, Patrick. All right, guys, that was a mind-blowing couple of hours. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while uh, because I always think about things instead of just letting myself experience them because that's what I do. Um, so, Patrick, you, you rode your first Paranormal Underground road shotgun. How, how, do you feel, how do you feel it went? Man, I, I'm here to tell you, you know, I was a little intimidated about this heavy topic uh, before this evening but it was it was fascinating and i'm not like uh i'm not scared or anything no I think it's not it's, scared. it's good news yeah it's interesting mm -hmm. and i just hope that my Treya does a few podcast interviews yeah in the future. like 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 maybe the big seance podcast that would Paranormal be an awesome one to start with yes yeah. very yeah. good we could jointly do it that way you know you wouldn't get the exclusive i think he should do the super the super bowl halftime show I think it's funny. He said stadiums, right? You told me I know. Super Bowl. That's funny. Well, there were all there were several things. There were several really little interesting things. Some of it that we talked about off the air. As a matter of fact, a lot of it was stuff that I was just saying in Skype. Like he was talking about Mars and Venus, and I was saying that just last, just like Friday or something, we were driving home after dark, and Mars and Venus were both visible in the sky, and I had this feeling inside of me. I can't even explain it. It was like. <gasps> So it felt significant. He was talking about that. And off the air, I mentioned um, that the only person that I'd ever met that had that sense to me was um, Reverend Charles King, who is um, Martin Luther King's cousin. And he said, oh, well, during that I have a dream speech, uh, Maitreya took, uh, I impressed himself on him. I, I can't remember exactly the terminology. But, um, and you can see in the speech when that happens. So I just, all these little kind of synchronicities that tell me that this is something maybe to pay attention to and listen to and, and learn more about. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So Cheryl, real quick next week. Yes. Yes. Okay. Next week, uh, we will be back next Thursday and that date is June 9th. We will be talking with Matt Wingett. He is the author of 
Conan Doyle and the Mysterious World of Light. And that book traces the spiritualist career of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle between the years of 1887 and 1920. I think that's going to be a really fun topic. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to be very interesting. He's he's calling in from the UK, so it's going to be uh, early morning hours for him, but he's willing to do it. So oh, <laughs> lucky us. I love it when people are willing to do that. Also, a new issue of the magazine came out just a couple of days ago. To, I looked it over. It looks fabulous. Anything you want to promote on that real quick? Did Yeah, check it out. Go to paranormalunderground.net. Check out our newest issue. Uh, it's got all of the same you know stuff we usually cover. Um, but it's... if Let's just put it to this way. If you don't like ghosts and hauntings, but you like UFOs, or you don't like UFOs, but you like cryptids, or if you like the metaphysical, you're going to get something that you're going to like out of the, the magazine. There's there is something for, for everyone, everybody. even if you want to interpret your dreams. And the my yes. dream column this month was on numerology. It was, it yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was about, yeah, what numbers signify in your your dreams. So we've got, yeah, your dream interpretation column. Uh, we've got... Like, you know, we've got your column on metaphysics. Oh, the, psychic, the ethics for psychics, yeah. The, the, yeah. Ethics for psychics this month. We've just got so many different columns. I think you'll enjoy it. And if you do check it out, give us your feedback. We always like feedback from our readers. You can email me at editor at paranormalunderground.net and let me know what you think. You can also send your dreams for interpretation there um, so that, you know, you don't have to get my dreams in the column because nobody wants to read those, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so and send your dreams to editor at paranormalunderground.net Cheryl passes them on to me anonymously the only person who knows who you are is Cheryl I won't tell and she never tells I never tell she never tells alright so thank you um, Patrick I hope hey, that you will come you. back and do this again and you're going to be a guest on the show coming up yes here. I'm you, super excited about that I do just yeah. have to say um, you know, hi, Chucky e. G, and you need to get back here in this seat soon. And <laughs> this is your official invitation to be on the Big Seance oh. podcast, Chucky e. G. There you so. go. So, yeah, and if you haven't, I invite you to check out the Big Seance podcast, which is at, is it at Big Seance? Bigseance.com. Bigseance.com. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, Patrick does great work there. And thanks to our guest, Dick Larson, just all sorts of good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, and have a great weekend. Peace out. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right. It could just be something paranormal.